Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. DKXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to a Wednesday edition of Miller and Condon here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, as we talk sports with you and do so here for the next couple of hours. On the uh, BMW of Des Moines guest list coming up on a Wednesday, we're going to talk to Nate Toint from the Des Moines Buccaneers. Uh, he's our first guest up. He'll join the fray about, oh, 1025, somewhere around that. Depends how long we go in the opening segment. Uh, but Nate Toint will come in. He played in the major leagues. He did. A game. Yeah, and good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but And I like Nate. Nate's a good guy. and he's, uh, His hockey team, the Des Moines Buccaneers, they get set to start play uh, this weekend. So we'll, uh, look, when the hockey guys come and ask for a favor, what am I going to do? Say no to that sport? Of course not. Uh, tomorrow we'll have the Iowa Wild in here at 11, and we'll get their season uh, started on Friday night. But we're going to do a couple of hockey segments, the first being today with Nate Toy, but we're also going to pick his brain on the playoffs that got underway last night in dramatic fashion. What a game. We'll get into that in a second. Kenny White's going to join us from Vegas, KennyWhiteSports.com, one of the premier line makers, handicappers in the business. He was a pioneer, uh, which means he's old, kind of is. Um, but uh, you know what? He earned all of that cred that, uh, that he has, and Kenny White Sports will join us at 1045. We've got a, yeah, a few games that we'll run. By I want to get his take on your quarterback, your team's quarterback, Trent. Uh, how big of a difference um, power rankings wise between Mitchell Trubisky and Chase Daniel at eleven and right at eleven or eleven oh two? When we come back in the eleven o'clock hour, Bill Bender from the Sporting News will be here, and then Cappy at about eleven twenty-five or so. David Kaplan will join the program. We will take a look back at what went right, what went wrong, who's going to be here, who's going to. Uh, be getting their mail and playing baseball in a different city. We will throw that around with Cappy, and we will do some Bears as well. And my partner will not let this be all Cubs. No, no, absolutely not. The Cubs are out of the playoffs. The Cubs are out of the playoffs. Their season is over. Likewise for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yes. Trent, that was a hell of a game last night. Boy, if if, uh, if night number one is any indicator of, month, of what October is going to mean, look, we know that they're not always going to be this good. <laughs> but, man, that was a fun game. How about those... Washington Nationals, who did not have the most stellar playoff history, man, they celebrated after that win. Did you see that on the field last night? And for the Camrungeons out there that say, oh boy, you just won a wild card game, who cares? Have fun. Yeah, they did. The families coming on, I thought, was a little bit over the top. Have some fun. You know, I haven't won a playoff. Bryce Harper wasn't able to do it. No, Um, he wasn't. The old Ewing theory in effect here. Patrick Ewing goes down for the Knicks, mm-hmm. and they go on finally to the NBA championship. Very well could be the uh, case here with the Nats. It's a, a team that has a terrible bullpen. Mm-hmm. Well, got, with the exception of Doolittle, it was really good last night. He was good last yeah. night, but they have some young stars, and mm-hmm. that's starting pitching. The side of the Houston Astros, we know obviously about Scherzer. And gave up 
an early bomb early. Yeah. But came back. Two zip. Strasburg is Strasburg. Mm-hmm. Patrick Corbin has pitched incredibly he's, he's well. Terrific. Where did he come year? from? Arizona, right? Yes. Yeah, come from Arizona. And what? Annabelle Sanchez is a four. I guess that's a pretty good. That's four. not a bad four. That's a pretty good four. Yeah. Like, that's a team that, if anybody can match up in the NL with the Dodgers, boy, that bullpen scares you so yeah, much. Yeah, it does. It is hideous. Yeah, it does. If it, it wasn't for the Baltimore Orioles, we would be talking about historic levels ineptitude out of a bullpen. Luckily for the Nats, there is their neighbors there. Yeah, in the Baltimore. Beltway didn't have the most stellar bullpen <laughs> pitching this year. Whether you're an Orioles fan or a Nationals fan, Fernando well, Rondi out good. there with Ooh. the sideways cap. Ooh, that is that is a rough, rough pen. But yeah, it fun did. game last night. Yeah, it was great. It was fun to watch and uh, and good for them coming back. And the boy uh, Grissom, you, you feel bad for this kid, mm-hmm. right? Did the ball take a bad hop? I think it was Darling who mentioned he thought that the ball moved three or four feet. I mean, boy, if that's the case, I never saw an angle, Trent, either way. I would love to. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. I just think he, I don't know if he picked his head up when he knew he was going to have to make some kind of a throw. Look, the game was going to be, at worst, uh, the game was going to be tied because the, the runner's going to score from second base. But, man, the way that it, I mean, how does, geez, it's going to be a long off season for him. Yes, and, and you know whose place, I mean, you know who's supposed to be out there, right? The when he compounded the MVP. everything. The MVP, right. Pretty big miss there. Mm-hmm. You know, he also had a couple opportunities at the plate. One early, what was that, the second inning where he had a chance? Yeah, it was hitless last night, I Yeah, think. there was a runner yeah. in scoring position. Mm-hmm. They could have built on that lead. Credit to Scherzer. Hira, the youngster, and Keston Hira is going to be a star, oh, I think. I think he already is. In this league. Yeah. He is incredibly good. He had a couple opportunities, though, with some runners on, and one is unable to get it done. I, I think Milwaukee is going to look at this one as a pretty big missed opportunity. They had plenty of chances here, and then we talked about the bullpen and what happened to them in Colorado throughout the weekend mm-hmm. when the division was there mm-hmm. for the taking. Mm-hmm. The Cubs were beating the Cardinals. It was right there, and that bullpen continually blew leads, and with it, Josh Hader. You talk about looking like a different guy. I think it's fatigue trend. He's 25 years old. He was asked to, I think he pitched more innings last year than he did this year, mm-hmm. but the the violent way that he throws the baseball, and it's one of the, one of the topics I'm going to get into, or we're going to get into, with Nate Toit when he joins the program in about 50 minutes, because he was a left-handed pitcher in his own right. Uh, but it's just that violent motion, right? And he's, he was so good last year in his all-star campaign. This year he gave up more home runs, I mean a ton of home runs, uh, off of Josh Hader last night and you know they asked him to uh, Craig Council asked him to get two innings and he just wasn't up to it. Ends the season, 3-5 and five record 2.62 ERA whip, still well under 1, 0.81 mm-hmm. on the season but 15 home runs allowed this year. And what was it last year? Do you have his home, how many home runs he gave up last year? Uh, let me bring up his uh, career stats here. Home runs. I'm uh, nine last year. Nine, nine last year for the year before. It's only his third year. He broke in as a 23 year old. Last year, his all star year, uh, at the age of 24, he gave up nine bombs. This year, he gave up 15 uh, home runs. His control improved. Yeah. And this he was, year. was he an all star this year? He, he was. was. I think he yep. was, wasn't he? Yep. 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 I think he was. Still. It's a nice building block to have in your bullpen for the next, well, he's under team control for another three years. Mm, yeah, I'd love to have Pretty that. good place to start. Yeah, I'll say. Boy, that's going to be a big topic in the 11 o'clock hour with Cappy, speaking oh, yeah. of team control. You know, I'm hearing an awful lot, Trent, that uh, Mark Gonzalez, who covers the Cubs on a daily basis, he's their, one of their beat writers at the Chicago Tribune. He believes, he's got a great piece, he goes through the entire lineup of Cubs. Pitching staff, bullpen, who he thinks have a chance to come back, who he thinks might be the odd man out. 
he's he's uh, put himself out there, and he's not the only one. He doesn't think Chris Bryant is a Cub next year. That continues to gain more traction. It does, and I guess I get it. I, I think it's it's got to be his salary, what he's going to command. So Anthony, in two years, Anthony Rendon was yep. offered was it seven years two hundred million or two was two ten? I saw two hundred. So basically thirty million dollars mm-hmm. a year. But it's not what Nolan Arenado got. No, and that's the number. So that's he's going to say no, no. But Nolan, Ar- Nolan Arenado might be as good of a third baseman as we've seen since who? Brooks, Brooks Robinson? Robinson. Yeah, that was the first exact first. And name I saw that Brooks Robinson play, and Brooks Robinson was unbelievable at the hot court. So was Mike Schmidt. That guy is incredibly good there. Colorado, two hundred sixty million dollars though Ooh. in Colorado. That's what he commanded. Yeah. Now, if you're the Nationals, you let Bryce Harper go. Can you? Can you let Rendon go the following year? No, I don't know what that's saying. Uh, yeah. what is that saying to your fan base who showed up last night and they did Florida and they stayed? Boy, they were in shock in that first inning when Grandal hit that two run bomb. They were in shock. Pin drop. Yeah, it really was. Well, uh, the National League got off on the right foot. By man, I love October. I love October for October baseball. But tonight, it's it's more difficult to get into. Well, just because it's you know who watches the Oakland A's and who watches I, the Tampa Bay Rays. We see Milwaukee play the Cardinals. Right. We see Milwaukee play the Cubs. Um, the Nationals are you know. You see them, I guess. I knew him for Bryce Harper as much as anything. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be... Well, when we talked on Monday, because I thought it was vice versa. I thought the American League went last night in the National League, because I told you last night I'm taking Tuesday night and I'm going to watch Maradona. You know, I'll try and stick with the American League wild card game, but man, I can't wait for Wednesday. Uh, it was it was flipped. Uh, I was into that game last night. I'll, I'll, I mean, we'll be into it tonight. And, and I have no clue, you know... Sh- Manaya's pitching. Manaya, he's been hurt all year. Mm-hmm. And this is who you turn to in the wild card game? I, know, I mean, there's. I, I don't know what other options there are. I mean, who yeah. watches Oakland A's baseball? I know right. they're really good defensively. Mm-hmm. This is as good a team defensively as I think you're going to find in the, uh, in the major leagues. Well, uh, we shall um, watch that one tonight and get ready for Thursday. By the way. KXNO uh, Cardinals. The Cardinals play here, and KXNO is going to make uh, sure that the Cardinals play here during their playoff run. Here's the latest on programming coming up this week uh, on 1460 KXNO, the home of four local shows and the home of the St. Louis Cardinals, along with the Iowa Wild uh, and others. Uh, of course, the uh, the Wolves as well. Um, but the Fanatics are off the air this is their last show for the week. It is, yeah, yeah. Here on Wednesday, you're right. right. There's there's no fanatics on Thursday. There is no fanatics on Friday. On Thursday night, there is no Cyclone Fanatic radio show. Likewise, Hawkeye Nation radio show. The Cardinals game one is Thursday at I think it's just after four. So Murph and Andy are going to end their show at three fifty. And then Cardinal baseball for your afternoon commute here on fourteen sixty Friday. Cardinals. Uh, play-by-play begins roughly 3.30 on Friday. So Murph and Andy will do 90 minutes of their show. No fanatics. What does that mean for uh, for Friday night football? Football Friday night will be joined in progress. So if yeah. it's 3, you know what? They'll be all right. I think, yeah, I mean, obviously. It might not be right at 6.30, but yeah, mm-hmm. and, and something like that, or just a long game. So the high school insider probably gets shelved that week, too, I, I would, would think. guess, yeah. I would guess the guys would get a break from that one, but... Got to get playoff baseball on, right? Yes. You're a Cardinals affiliate. Mm-hmm. Cardinal fans certainly want this completely understand it. 
difficult decisions for Andrew Mur- Downs. Murph and Andy are pretty popular. In the yes, fanatics, they are. Yes, popular. they are. No, as, as we've been saying, as I've been saying for, for weeks, as uh, this appeared to be uh, what was going to be coming up on the horizon, I do not envy AD in Mm-mm. this spot, making having to make these decisions. And you know what? You can't win. No. You take the local programming off the air to play the Cardinals. Cardinal fans love it. Folks that hate baseball on the radio are going to be heard from, whether it's on Twitter mm-hmm. or whether it's at the switchboard. Um, it's just... You can't please everybody, right? And yeah, I think you have to play the Cardinals since we are the Cardinal affiliate, and it is postseason baseball. This question, you know, we have so much going on. We're talking about all these different angles of playoff baseball and last night. And then I was thinking about the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones, as we seemingly do every single day. They do move the needle, Trent. The whole season. Big week for both teams. Yeah. Who is it more important for? Oh. Hawkeyes at Michigan. TCU coming to town to take on Iowa State. Who is a win more important for? I think I stumped you. I think you did. I see the gears grinding over there. Well, since Iowa State lost to Baylor, they've got to protect their house, their home. Boy, oh boy, because I can make the case for Iowa. If if they get beat, you know, the the likelihood of that special season takes Mm -hmm. a huge hit. Trent, I don't know the answer to the question. It's a difficult one. Hit us up at Miller and Condon on Twitter with your thoughts because uh, then you know what you're just going to it's, it's going to be right to parochial, right? It's gonna, <laughs> right. It's like the polls, but but it's huge for both yes, sides. Yes, that's the answer. If Iowa State loses this football game, they fall to two and three. Uh-huh. The October Campbell narrative starts mm-hmm. to slow down. Certainly, mm-hmm. a home loss on top of it, and then the question goes from you know the, these conversations we had. Get the right break, and you beat Texas, and maybe you're the team playing Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. That conversation shifts. Can you find six wins? Yeah, no, and it can shift that quickly. I, you know, I wanted to put that on the table on Monday. I thought, you know what, I'm not going to do that. Rubbing salt in the wound. Yeah, a little no, bit. I wasn't going to do that because I'm with you, Trent. It's a conversation we never, th- we, for the first year since I've been doing talk radio in 96, mm-hmm. that conversation never came up right. in July, August, leading up to the season. I brought it up to you one time, and you quickly shot me down. I think I posed. Well, it. I don't think you were serious. I, I posed it. What's more likely? They go ten. They win ten plus games, yeah. or they go five and seven. You scoffed. Right. No way. No well, way look, look, we, everybody bought the historical season narrative that was out there, right? We, we, everybody bought that. I thought that they would beat Iowa before the season started. Mm-hmm. I did. I picked. I picked Iowa State to win uh, Cyhawk this year. They didn't go their way. Baylor was going to be tough. Uh, TCU, they don't have a quarterback per se, but they got a really good defense. Oklahoma State's going to be a tough game. Kansas State's going to be more Kansas difficult State's, than we thought. Absolutely, and and they, you know they may be playing for bowl eligibility mm-hmm. in the final week of the regular season. That road game against West Virginia next week too. Well, here's it's not know, a slam dunk. Trent, glad you brought that up. So I was going. We're, we're taping our inside the numbers with MediaCom today, mm-hmm. and so I started. I, I started to look for our plays, not only for our contest, but for what we do. Um, and inside the numbers at Mediacom on MC22 that we taped today. So I, I, I came to that line, Texas at West Virginia. I think Texas is way, way better. Yes. The number's 11. Mm-hmm. I thought that, you know what, that just jumped off the page at me. So either I'm completely uh, completely wrong, I think Texas is going to crush them, but yet the number was 11. So to your point, that the, the trip to Morgantown is going to be no picnic, Maybe there's more to that West Virginia team that I haven't seen because I I don't think I'm not sure I've watched them this year. I saw some of their game against what it have been Missouri. 
and they look terrible. Okay. Just brutal. And, I, and Missouri was coming off a bad loss the week before. Against Wyoming. Street. There you go. And I saw them and said, well, this is over. Week one, they struggled with James Madison, who is a really good FCS program. But still, yeah. But Meanwhile, they Iowa with State that. was struggling with another FCS program in triple overtime. But then they get clubbed by Missouri and said, okay, Neil Brown, year one, this is going to be a 3-19. Uh-huh. and 19. But then they throttle NC State. Uh-huh. And beat Kansas. Beat Kansas on the road. Mm-hmm. In year number one, that mm-hmm. is significant. Mm-hmm. If this is a team that is going to fight just to be bowl eligible themselves in West Virginia, they look at it, Texas is going to be tough. But yeah. the following week with we Iowa State get coming Iowa in, you've got to get the Cyclones. you got to get that, because after uh-huh. that, this is what West Virginia has. At Oklahoma, at Baylor. Mm. Those don't appear very likely. So <laughs> these are well, the... Certainly the first one. Yes. That's the way schedules break, and yep. you have to look deeper here. It is a real conversation. I like breaking them up into months, Trent. And, yeah. and I did not see uh, two and two coming in the first month for Iowa State. No, I, I didn't. Three and one I could see in the month of October. Um, I thought two and two was likely in the um, in in the month of November because I think Texas has more talent. It's eye test for for when when I look at Texas, I see eye eye test, and I see one of the best quarterbacks in college football. The other side for Iowa, the importance of this game. Now, I was in this. I don't want to say purgatory. But this continual eight and four, seven mm-hmm. and five, nice solid seasons. Yep. Look, it's going to come down to whether they beat Wisconsin. More than likely, yes. But a loss here with Penn State on the horizon. I know. I know. Things start to swing the other way mm-hmm. too, and all of a sudden we're talking about this four and zero team that we both believe is better than we anticipated. Oh, way better for me. Not not as much for you because you had I don't you know, had some three. hopes. Yeah, you had some hopes. I really did. I had seven and five, and I had to be convinced to go up to seven and yeah. five. It, it took the Oliver Martin uh-huh. news to change that, and we've hardly seen that guy this right. year. But at 4-2, and two, yeah, here we go again. Yeah, seven, eight wins. Yep. Go to the Gator Bowl. Yeah. Go to the Holiday Bowl. Right. And move on. Well, if I get up the two, I'd take the Holiday Bowl. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Give Look, me San Diego over Jacksonville any day. In, in a heartbeat. Uh, Nebraska is clearly a winnable football game. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy into the hype of Nebraska, but I thought, you know what, that's one of those on-the-fence-either-way games. Look at a Nebraska play. I mean, Nebraska... Whew. Not saying they'd be four and eight, but they might be four and eight. They might be four and eight, five and seven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, unless Ohio State is so incredibly good, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that they are. Well, Bill Bender, we'll get into that with Bill Bender just real quick. Uh, this ticket that was posted on Twitter. If you're into sports wagering, well, you found the right show. Yes, <laughs> um, guilty. Yeah. So a guy by the name of I can't think how to pronounce McIlvain McIlwain. Mattress Mac is what he's known. He owns a furniture company in the city of Houston. Okay. And he's a he likes to do promotions based on sports. He's also a horse owner and plays in the horse game at the highest of levels. Uh, a couple of years ago, his sprinter won uh, one of the Breeders' Cup races. So he's got a he's got a ton of money. So but a couple of years ago, this guy has been willing to um if you buy furniture from me, if you spend $3,000 or more and a couple of years ago, 2015, and Denver doesn't beat Seattle in the Super Bowl, I'm going to refund your money. Wow. The year before that, he said, if Houston wins more than 63 games and you purchase your furniture from me, the Astros, I'm going to refund your money. They won 70 games. So he's lost millions of dollars by putting his you-know-what's on the line. Mm-hmm. Well, he stands to lose, if Houston wins the World Series this year, 50 
$15 million in purchases. It's a lot of furniture. Even for a guy who's got a ton of cash, he's going to have to refund to his clients over $15 million. So he came up with this idea that he's going to find a sports book so he can wager on Houston to win. Hedge is what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Wager on Houston to win the World Series and recoup some of the money he's going to lose if they do. Here's my question to you. And he tried to go to Vegas, and he tried to get uh, you know as much down in Vegas as he could. I think I, the only bet I saw that he was able to get down in Vegas was the South Point. Your buddy Chris Andrews mm-hmm. uh, took a bet of a quarter of a million dollars um, on Houston. So he ends up in Mississippi, of all places. A DraftKings book, and by the way, DraftKings comes to Iowa starting on Friday at Jefferson and Clinton, two okay. of the Wild Rose properties. I'm not sure about Emmitsburg. I do know that Clinton and Jefferson flipped the switch. So if you're listening to us, and I know people do, we're in the eastern part of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, DraftKings is live in Clinton at the Wild Rose and then at Jefferson at the Wild Rose. So he went to Mississippi to lay off $3.5 million. He bet on Houston. How are they able to balance the books on that? I mean, can you imagine if you're a resident, if that's your sports book, what you'd be getting on the Dodgers? I mean, oh, the, yeah. Because if, if, yeah, because they're going to try and balance the books, you're going to get disproportionate odds. And if you on love the, the Astros and you're just a better and that is what you want to wager on, well, you're not getting the plus 220 that this guy no, got. No, no. You're getting a buck, di- yeah, exactly. You're going to get a buck 40, buck 50. Yeah. They don't want any more money on no. Houston. Their books are, are are completely disjointed. But this is the way this guy operates, Trent. I, I would like love to have a guy in this town, a business owner in this town, that's willing to put his you-know-what's on the line. And this isn't the first time. And like yeah. as I said, this is like, I know a four for sure. And two of them, well, I know Broncos lost to Seattle. That cost him $8 million. The over-under in 2014 on the Astros. He might have won one, but he's in trouble here because if the Astros win the World Series, $30 million worth of purchases at his gallery furniture store, he's going to refund to his customers their purchase price. What well, a great way to get people in the door, right? And he's got a little bit coming back at the very least with yeah, this big bet. Thank out. you, Mississippi. Yeah, but why Mississippi? Why? I mean, they were willing to take the bet. That's Good for what it them is. for doing so. Yes. Uh, anyways, we'll talk to Nate Toy uh, next. The uh, Des Moines Buccaneers begin their season on Friday. Now, who's working down there that works with us? Emery. Emery. And is Eric, uh, the Fanatics, the Easy E, as Chris calls him? Zamora. Zamora is Easy E, the PA guy at I'm the I'm not Bucks? sure on that. I, I know he worked with them in the past. I don't know if he's still with them or not. But uh, And Emery's doing what? Emery's between. Easy, yeah. The, he's got Casper? No. For the, for the, uh, for the Barnstormers? Now, Casper's PA, right? No, no. Scott Casper's the, the hype guy. Oh, I'm pretty yeah, that's sure what Emery is. Yeah, he'll be so the guy Emery's the hype guy around. at the Buccaneers. Okay. Our friend uh, Eric White from KISS, he does that for the Wolves games. He's the guy that okay. they cut to yeah, yeah. You know, during timeouts and in between quarters, things like that. Look at all those people getting jobs around Absolutely. here. Absolutely. We'll take a timeout. Nate, Do- Nate Toit joins the program next. Miller and Cond until noon. Kenny White will head to Vegas about 1045. You're listening to Des Moines Sports Station 14. Tonight. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back to Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Kenny White will head to Las Vegas in about 15 minutes. 
One of the uh, more well-known handicappers, line makers in the history of sports wagering uh, in the desert. He will join us as he does every Wednesday today, to, uh, 1045-ish. In the 11 o'clock hour, Bill Bender uh, from the Sporting News and David Kaplan will take a look back at the Cubs. Right now, Nate Toit from the Des Moines Buccaneers. They begin play. They'll drop the puck on another season Saturday night down at uh, Buccaneer Arena. Uh, 6.05, Nate? 6.05 Six oh five. Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. In. Appreciate what, it. What year is this for you? Three? This would be my third season. Yep. yep. Third season, third head coach. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not the way. That's not the the best way of going about it. But that's the the cards that you were dealt. Hopefully, you'll uh, get some run out of this one. Um, you know, let's talk hockey before we get into baseball. We just had a caller while you were getting set to come on here. Asked me to ask you, and I promised him I would, so I will. Have you ever thought of doing a doubleheader? Maybe Wells Fargo. You guys precede the Iowa Wild, then the Wild play their game. Um, ever thought of doing that? Uh, yeah. Yes is the short answer to that. I know um, uh, Todd Fredrickson at the Iowa Wild and I have had several conversations mm-hmm. uh, related to you know how can we grow hockey in the city of Des Moines. And, and Todd, since he's... Uh, come in as the president of the Iowa Wild. Those guys have done a really nice job of of growing youth Mm -hmm. hockey and getting hockey around the Des Moines community and around the state of Iowa, quite frankly, you know. Um, So yes, there has been some conversations. It's not um, anything that I can say today that it's dialed in, but there's been some talks of some sort of mix and match of, you know, almost like a state of hockey type thing where maybe it's, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's the Capitals and the Oak Leafs, you know, squaring off. And then you got, who knows, maybe you got Iowa State against the Iowa Mm -hmm. club team. You got the Bucks against maybe Omaha or Waterloo. That were two rivals there. Oh yeah, keep it in state. Good idea. And then, uh, and then, you know, you got the Wild and what, Mm -hmm. whoever their rival is. So. Because that's such a big Saturday in the, in the, up in the state of Minnesota. I, mean, I made the mistake of being in Minneapolis for one of those weekends. Jeez. Hey, can I, can I get the college basketball game on? Look to me like, you're like two heads. Huh? It's, yeah. It's state yeah. of Hockey Day. What are you talking about? For college sure. basketball. Yep. It was all about hockey up there. Hey, Nate, wanted to ask you, I get this question all the time. People that are new to hockey, you know, the big runs that you guys had last year, both mm-hmm. you and the Wild, the levels, what the different levels are. You and the USHL. Basically, the way that I explain it, help me if I'm a little off on this, these are guys playing to get college scholarships for the most part, right? Yep, correct. So, or drafted. Or drafted, yeah. We actually have five kids on our team this year that are NHL draft eligible, wow. um, which is which is great. Uh, that's a good number. But yeah, you're right. I mean, we're amateur hockey. We're, we're considered uh, Tier 1, which is the highest tier in the United States mm-hmm. as far as amateur hockey goes. Um, you know, you could you could equate us to the CHL in Canada, the Canadian Hockey League, and then there's the OHL based off of that. Um, and the, really, the difference is is that obviously our kids aren't paid uh, CHL; they get paid to play up there. Um, but yeah, the of the 23 kids that are on our roster, uh, 18 of them are probably Division One committed. Uh, the ones that aren't either are Europeans or Canadians that have played at some level where they've been paid, and so they're. Their eligibility is is gone away, um, but these guys are all committed to blue chip college hockey programs. You know the Boston Colleges, the North Dakotas, Minnesota Duluth, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and what's exciting about that that I tell people is, and, and I'm sure if you haven't been to Buccaneer Arena, you should come to a game because it's completely different than going to an Iowa Wild game. And that's not to say one is better than the other; it's just two different types of environments. You're right on top of people, um, but you are right on top of the action. And you know these kids are out there every shift. 
skating their butts off because there's a college scout or an <laughs> NHL scout or some sort of scout up in the stands watching them, and so they get after it pretty good on the ice. It's terrific hockey, Nate. I tell people, anybody that'll listen, um, you see year after year when the NHL draft comes, and I get it, nobody watches it here, so most people don't realize this, there are more kids drafted out of the uh, USHL. It would surprise you. That it, it was and the, not only these are kids in later rounds, these yeah. are first-rounders. Yes, Um this year alone, uh, actually the last two years, the USHL has had the most draft picks in, the, uh, in the draft. And uh, we actually have a kid, Cameron Rowe, uh, who was with the uh, Team USA with the program mm. last year, a goalie for us, uh, who was drafted and uh, he committed to North Dakota. And then there was a coaching change up there. And, and we're really excited about him coming in. So, so that's why he's here? He's not in Grand Forks because of the coaching change? Correct. Wow. Yeah. And he's an NHL draft pick. So you got some goaltending uh, that take you a long way, no doubt about it. Well, what's the uh, what kind, what's kind of the buzz? Give us a couple of things that uh, people can look forward to at Buccaneer. It's, it's a great environment. It really is. As you mentioned, you're right on top of the play. Sure. Um, well, for this weekend, 6.05, as I mentioned, we're going to do a tail gate weather permitting out in the parking lot otherwise we'll move it inside to the lounge but uh, from 4 to 5 30 we're going to do a tailgate uh, we got fairway as a sponsor the iowa pork producers uh, they're going to uh, make their own brats grill some brats uh, give away a free brat with a game ticket we'll have some live music going on nice. uh, before the game so just try to get the atmosphere going a little bit um Doing something different this year with the 605 puck drop on Saturdays is to try to, you know, encourage people to come out. Hey, watch a hockey game and then you got the rest go of the evening later. to go do whatever yeah. you want to do. Um, you know, but then uh, this is our 40th season of hockey in Des Moines. I didn't realize that. Uh, since 1980. And yeah. so, uh, we're going to do some things to, uh, celebrate the 40th season. Uh, maybe bring in some, some past players that won the Clark Cup, uh, the, the Anderson Cups mm-hmm. and so, so on and so forth. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we have to do our two for one beer specials, our buck beers and things like that. So um, if you uh, if you want to see all the action, you can go to buckshockey.com, check out the promotional calendar, check out the schedule. And uh, we look forward to having you support the Bucks this year. You were uh, you played such a prominent role uh, in your previous career at, uh, down at uh, Principal Park uh, with, with the Iowa Cubs. You were the assistant GM down there. What did you take from that job that you've been able to take from? you know, uh, minor league baseball into minor league hockey. Was it that big of a transition? I mean, the sports are night and day, obviously. Yeah, and, and the level's a little bit different, but at the same time, um, the core values are still there, and, and, the, and the traits hold true. You know, Sam always said, you know, clean, clean, safe, and fun, and those are really the three staples that I've tried to encompass mm-hmm. and incorporate at Buccaneer Arena. Uh, you know, make it's a 60-year-old building, but if you can make it as clean as possible, uh, as safe as possible, and in the environment and the world that we live in today, you know, you want people to feel like they're safe. And then on top of that, if it's clean and it's safe, you can pretty much bet that they're going to have a good time while yeah. they're at the arena, you know, watching hockey. And so those is kind of the, the foundation of things that I've instilled amongst my staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, you know, on the business side of things, it's all about family entertainment, making it affordable to come out. Um, it's not easy in, in Des Moines, Iowa, in the, in the months of December, January, and February to get people to come out of their houses uh, if it's 20 degrees outside, you know, where they got to park the car and then walk. But uh, just try to, in, in, you know, inform fans when we're in town, make it easy for them to get there, affordable for them to get there. And then while they're there, 
uh, show them a good time that way they come back and that's really the those those things parallel what they're doing down at the ballpark I love what you're doing Saturday so this is a consistent puck drop 605 on Saturdays nice. it will be love yep. it. Uh, let's get into baseball you're a former major leaguer I, I, I tell people this all the time I, I love your baseball reference page you got to the show my friend yeah um, you struck out I think you had four strikeouts in your career do you have your first one the ball I do nice where is it uh, it's at home in my basement with all my jerseys and stuff. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously you want to take that keepsake. Uh, but what do you, what do you remember about pitching the, your, your, your one opportunity? Well, my debut was at Miller Park in Milwaukee. And, um, you know, first of all, when you, when you first find out that's an opportunity, that's a feeling that you'll never, mm, you know, I found out I was in Portland, Oregon when, when my manager called me in and told me. Um, but then getting to the ballpark, you know, getting, you know, getting checked into the big league hotel, riding the bus from the hotel to the stadium, um, walking into a major league clubhouse for the first time is something that I'll never Mm. forget. Um, you know, and then obviously the teammates and everything. So really the game itself is not a whole lot different, uh, but it's everything around it, the media, the clubhouse, the stadium, uh, the extra decks on the stadium, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, what I'll remember is sitting in the, and, uh, Jeff Torborg was my manager sitting in the office and Mike Redman was my catcher that year. Charles Johnson was the catcher for the mm, Marlins, wow. but he was off. Um, so Mike Redman was my, was my catcher. And I remember going through this guy report. We got to Richie Sexton and, uh, it was, if you get two strikes on him, you got to pound him inside. So, he, you know, he's six, seven, Big dude, you don't yeah. want to get him extended, especially in Miller park during the day. And uh, so the first time through the lineup, I got 0-2 on him, and Redmond calls for a fastball inside. I threw a fastball inside, cracked his bat. Uh, he swung at the pitch, cracked his bat, and I looked to left field, and my left fielder is running toward the wall, and the mm. ball went off the top of the wall, and I knew I was in trouble when I broke <laughs> the guy's bat, and he ended up getting a, ended up getting a double. Yeah, a different level, isn't uh, it? Yeah, but it was, uh, it was an experience. I was facing Ben Sheets, who just came off yeah. winning the gold medal, and of course, Ben Sheets was in the top five voting of Cy Young back then, yeah. too, and throwing 96 wow. miles an hour, so... Uh, I wasn't up there very long, but uh, you got uh, I enjoyed it while I was up there. Absolutely. Go ahead, Trent. Well, you know, the famous line from Bull Durham as he's sitting there and talking about getting that call up to the show, how different is it? I mean, just that, that opportunity to be in the big leagues, and, and it was a short stint for you, but being there... The difference is just it had to be incredible. It's from everything like I like I'm in the the media, uh, the fact that you know in the locker room um, you have there's chefs in the locker room <laughs> that basically will cook you whatever you want. Obviously, the travel is different with chartered planes. Um, it's just the, the level of of which you're treated at the major league level, and that's not to say. You know, anymore. I think you know minor leagues have come a long way since I was back there. The way that they do things and how they treat their players, and that really stems from the major league teams and the owners of the major league teams stepping up. But um, just the overall encompassing and and you know feeling of being a major leaguer is is something that's really hard to to explain. But I will say, you know, if the pressure once you're up there, you know, you finally like, hey, I made it, so that pressure comes off. But then it's it reverts to how am I going to stick, you know? And, and when you're that 25th guy that bounces from the big leagues to AAA back and forth, um, I give a lot of credit to the guys that, that can handle that adversity and really work through that and, and end up sticking in the major leagues and have, have a quality career. Yeah. That's not an easy that's not an e- easy thing to do. Can't be, and the Cubs' uh, bullpen certainly had a lot of those guys yes. this year. Uh, Josh Hader, we, we talked about this. Uh, 
I see fatigue with him. The way he, I mean, he violently throws the ball, right? The way his body's going. He gave up a ton of home runs, twice as many home runs this year. Still a very talented guy. When, when you see Josh Hader, he's young. Might the innings be catch, catching up to him at, in, in, even this early in his career? Um, I think the only one that can really answer that question is probably Josh Hader. Yeah. You know, uh, I think he'll tell you he feels fine and he probably feels as strong, if not stronger, than he did last year when he was having all his success. Um, you know, there could be a lot of variables that, that go into it. I think a lot of things that don't get mentioned enough that people don't really think about. I was having this conversation last night watching Scherzer pitch and how the Brewers came out swinging the bats against him is, you know, the, the advanced scouts in Major League Baseball don't get enough credit. Mm-hmm. And last year was really the first year that any team saw Josh Hader pitch. I know that last year was technically his second year in the big right. leagues, but I think he had a short stint he did. Yep. in 2017. So last year... You know, players were seeing him for the first time. They didn't have a lot of film on him. They're not a lot of video. He's a reliever. And so, you know, he comes in, even though he does, can pitch more than one inning, it's always difficult to to make that adjustment off of, off of a reliever because you're only going to see him for maybe 20 pitches. And so, you know, I think, uh, I think the scouts do a lot to meet with these, with the players and, and figure out what his approach was last year when he had the success. The players made the adjustment. Josh Hader maybe didn't make the adjustment as fast this year, which is why you're seeing him give up more home runs, more contact, even mm-hmm. though he is, he, I think he was in the zone a lot more this year. Um, so a lot of it, I think you got to give credit to the scouts and the play, the hitters for making the adjustment against Hader. Now that's not to say that he's still not a great pitcher because right. I would love to have him in my bullpen, but sure. uh, uh, I think it could be a combination of all those things. Who's going to uh, who's going to represent the AL and the NL? Who plays for the World Series? Uh, I put my picks out on on Saw Twitter. Uh, I think I had the Braves against the Astros with the Astros winning in six. But uh, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to go against the Dodgers. They won 106 games. It's hard to go against the Yankees. They won like 105 mm-hmm. or 106 games. You can't discount the Twins, even though nobody's giving them a shot. They won over 100 games, which is hard to do. But um, you know, when you just kind of boil it all down, uh, you, you kind of go with your gut too on some things. The Braves kind of remind me of. Uh, the Cubs, the year before they won the World Series, it's just with the talent level, the mixture of veterans that they mm-hmm. have, the ballpark. Um, I, I don't know. I just something something about the Braves, and they could get knocked out in the divisional series by the Cardinals. But uh, I got the I got the Braves and the and the Astros and and Astros winning in six. Nate Toit from the Des Moines Buccaneers. They'll drop the puck. It's opening night at Buccaneer Arena on Saturday at six oh five. What's the website for tickets again? Uh, just go to buckshockey.com and you can follow us on the uh, social media platform at at buckshockey. Good stuff. Good luck this year. Hey, but real quick, we got thirty seconds left. Um, we lost a sheet of ice. Des Moines lost a sheet of ice, right? That's a blow when you're trying to grow the game. Yeah, and we were already short, you know. And yeah. Uh, But, yeah, Metro lost a sheet uh, a while ago and was operating with one. Then he lost the second sheet, oh. so we're, so he's operating with zero. But now he's up and running again. Right. Uh, so we got Buccaneer Arena. We got Metro. Uh, so two sheets of ice. Mm. And then, uh, of course, you got Wells Fargo when they have their ice in. So... Uh, really trying to grow the sport. Um, we could use more sheets of, of, of ice in this town, and I know that there's a lot of hockey people that are trying to improve that. 
Uh, well, we will do our part to help if there's uh, that opportunity arises. Let uh, Trent or myself know. And we'll, sure, we'll we spread appreciate that. that. Good to talk to you. Best of luck this year. I appreciate Playoffs it, again? Uh, we hope to make the playoffs. Good. Absolutely, yeah. Let's get back there and uh, do some down. We got the goaltender by the sounds of things. Yeah, we, we, have, a, we have a really talented team this year. Good Young stuff. team, but talented. Good stuff. Nate Toy from the Des Moines Buccaneers. Buccaneers hockey uh, starts on Saturday night, 6.05. We'll be back with Kenny White. We're going to head to Vegas next. Miller & Con, the Des Moines Sports Station, 14.6. KX. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you until noon. Going to head to Vegas momentarily. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com, one of the best in the business. Uh, will join us here momentarily. Of course, DraftKings joins the fray mm-hmm. coming up uh, this uh, weekend. They'll become uh, the partner at Wild Rose and Jefferson, likewise at Clinton. Probably should thank Mary Blakemore for setting up Nate Toit. Yes, and if we don't, we would be in trouble with Mary. So thank you, Mary, for helping us out and getting Nate in here. Great to see Nate again. Absolutely, for facilitating that, uh, Ms. Blakemore. Uh, let's get Kenny White. Kenny Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Kenny White. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, guys. Just uh, loving it uh, each week in uh, college football. I, my, my favorite part, I think, is just adjusting uh, yeah. from what you had and making the right adjustments for the next week. Yeah, it's so critical to do, and we'll get into that. You know, what I want to start with you, though, Kenny, is I want to start with, uh, you know, we saw a big injury. Well, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks go down, but the Bears have a Super Bowl defense. I'm convinced of that, and I'm not a Bears fan. I really believe this defense is as good as advertised. They got some pieces on offense. Mr. Trubisky he goes down. Chase Daniels has been a career backup. He comes in. He certainly didn't look out of place. When you're doing power rankings, how big of a difference between the starter Trubisky and his backup Chase Daniel, who's now going to be able to have to answer the bell for the foreseeable future? Well, Ken, at the beginning of the year, I had a two-point difference between Mitch Trubisky and Chase Daniel. And, and, and I'm also, when I'm, when I'm rating players out, I'm trying to predict how much better they're going to get. So, you know, guys that are young, I, there's a certain percentage over the years that I've come up with, but by crunching stats year in and year out of guys' numbers of how big a leap they take from year one to two, year two to three, year three to four, Trubisky is supposed to take a pretty good jump this year uh, in his third year now, and that's the biggest jump players take. So I was kind of expecting him to be um, a four-point better than average quarterback, but he hasn't played like that. He's actually played to about one point better than average. Um, so right now there's actually no drop-off between the two quarterbacks, and you could actually say Chase Daniels is a point better because I had him two points better than the average guy. So you, And I'm tell you, you're right on about the defense. They are the best defense in the NFL um, by at least three points. They're, my defensive rating on them is three points better than everybody else. That is impressive. Another injury question as it pertains to your power numbers and the point spreads. I was hearing uh, some people talk about the Packers-Cowboys game, and they brought up uh, Adams might not play the wide receiver for the Packers. What's the impact of a wide receiver? Uh, a a good top-level wide receiver or running back, does that skew things? Is it a half point? Is it a point depending? Or does that, just because of the impact compared to the quarterback position, not really weigh into what you do? No, it does. Every every player is rated the same. I, I rate every player off their size, their speed, their experience, any other tangibles I have, and then also the stats that they put up. Uh, because I've had, you know, it's amazing, the little guys in this game that are fast have started to generate better stats than they've ever generated before. So stats have been very important to me of, 
of rating a player. But Devontae Adams is the number one receiver on Green Bay. Um, I have I would have him about uh, eight tenths of a point, point zero eight to to uh, the power rating for the Packers. And you're right, you know it's not a huge difference. I always say wide receivers and running backs are a dime a dozen. They really are. Uh, There's so many guys that step in every year. We hear about the new guy that's going to be the next great running back, and it's just the next guy in line, the next guy in line, the next guy in line. And uh, some teams have a problem with it because they get cluster injuries at, at that position. And if you get two or three guys out, then it's hard to hard to drop to that fourth running back. You will have a problem at that point. And I ask NFL players every time I'm in a room when I'm on the radio show and I'm hosting a show, I'll always ask. And I think the most important player on the field, besides the quarterback, is that rush defensive end, that Khalil Mack. Mm. That guy that can create havoc and really put a quarterback on his heels. That's the guy that's the most important besides the quarterbacks. And then the next important piece would be the guy who has to block that defensive rush end. So um, I think a left tackle is the next uh, most important piece. But I I rate them all the same because I think they're all pretty valuable in their own right. Mm. One more, and we're going to get to these games. I promise. <laughs> uh, if, if somebody was to ask you, uh, new to the new to sports wagering, is it, am I more likely going to make money betting college football or NFL football? What would you say? Oh, so easy. The college sports because there's so many more teams and there's less information. You you can dig and find more information in college. NFL, it's out there for everybody, which means you know the bookmaker doesn't have to be right. But there's so many sharp people betting the NFL. They bet that information as soon as they see it. And the line moves. The line is so much stronger in the NFL than it is in the colleges. Hmm. Let's go to the colleges right now. Take a look at some of these games. Thursday, Friday, not a slate that's going to grab a Friday's huge national audience. They're both, though, chances to win money. Anything jumping out for you Thursday, Friday? We get Temple against East Carolina tomorrow, and then Friday, Central Florida, Cincinnati. What do you like in there? Yeah, no, they, they, you're right. It doesn't really matter the name of the teams. It's, it's the number on the, these type of games. And I like Cincinnati plus the points. I, I love Luke Fickle. I think he's done a great job at Cincinnati. And uh, he's 6-2 and two ATS at home his last eight. Obviously, we know the track record for Central Florida. But I think their balloon has kind of burst when that loss to Pittsburgh really hurt this team badly. Uh, they were lucky they had a cupcake last week. Because if they had Cincinnati off that loss, for sure would have been a, a second loss, but I think it could be a second loss. I've actually rated out Cincinnati's offense. We know how good Cincinnati is defensively, but I used the strength of schedule on the teams that these teams played, and Cincinnati's played a far better schedule so far than Central Florida. And their offense is actually rated out a little bit higher than UCF, so I've got a better offense, better defense playing at home. Getting points. I like Cincinnati here a lot. Hmm. Let's uh, let's play the hits. Let's do both locals before we run out of hour, and I certainly don't want to do that. Iowa-Michigan first, and then we'll get into TCU and Iowa State. How do you see the battle in Ann Arbor? Yeah, you know, I've got some great responses from your from the Iowans uh, sending to my website and uh, emailing, and a lot of Good. said, you know, hey, you're so high on Iowa State. What, what's wrong with Iowa? And I, I actually have Iowa rated higher now. Uh, but, again, I've made those adjustments, and they've played great. But I still have Michigan um, rated a much better football team. There's a couple instances you can look at. Uh, it's not it's not really apples to apples, but they have played two of the same teams, Middle Tennessee State and Rutgers, and Michigan has come out a better score than Iowa has in those two games. At the beginning of the year, I'd have made Michigan 14 in this game. I'm down to 7.5 now, but laying 3.5, I think there's a lot of value there. I think you're going to see this number close 6, 6.5. So a big one that I really like, Michigan State at Ohio State. We see the Buckeyes just throttle Nebraska on the road. They come back home. 
Michigan State's been completely uneven, but D'Antonio, he's had teams that have played really well against the Buckeyes. Of course, a new head coach there in Ryan Day. Do you look at historical data at all as it pertains to a game like this, or is it simply your power numbers? You know, I use more power numbers. I'm throwing out that I do like Iowa State, guys. You know how much I love this team and Ben Purdy. I think they will beat up on Texas uh, Christian this weekend. Max Dugan, Iowa, an Iowa kid, I yep. think some Council Bluffs. Yep. As a freshman in this, in Jack, at Jack Price, he's going to be in for it. I think Iowa State wins big. Michigan State, Dan Antonio. Uh, Dan Antonio has uh, done a really good job at Michigan State. I think he's over his time there. He hasn't covered point spreads like he used to. He hasn't covered those big numbers, but he's got a great defense. I think it's very deceiving that he gave up 31 last week to Indiana. This team was looking ahead to this game. And I think Iowa State has just been a little overrated because they have done everything right, nothing wrong. Uh, their quarterbacks are combined for 19 touchdown passes, zero interceptions. Uh, Michigan State's the best defense they've faced by far. I think this is a, uh, an Iowa State victory, but I don't think it's by 20 points. Uh, 30 seconds or so on uh, before we get into KennyWhiteSports.com. Uh, Baylor, K-State. Baylor picks off Iowa State last week. K-State had their winning streak snapped to start the season. The game is in Manhattan uh, to the Big 12 Baylor, K-State. Chris Kleinman, the uh, Kansas State coach, one of the best coaches in the country that you probably haven't heard of, he came from North Dakota State. He was a D coordinator there. They play great defense, fundamentally sound. They love the power running game. They run it 68% of the time. That's 17th in the country, and that's including FCS teams as well. I, I think they have the better offense after strength of schedule numbers. My numbers have K-State the better offense, the better defense, playing at home. I think Baylor has a big letdown after beating Iowa State. That was a big deal for Baylor. So I'll, I'll take Kansas State in that one. KennyWhiteSports.com. Here's what I like. Well, I like a lot of things about it, but if you join now, you're, you're good through October 2nd of 2020. When you say join for the year, it's 365 days. It's the whole year. It sure is, Ken. And then that gets you the updated power ratings and the updated projected final scores of every game for the entire season. So uh, on Sunday at noon, my time, Pacific time, 3 o'clock Eastern, the ratings are updated for college football. You'll be ready to go for week seven. So, yeah, get to KennyWhiteSports.com. That's the best deal in sports. So $69 for the NFL and college. Updated projections, updated projection scores. We will talk to you in a week's time, Kenny White. Thank you. KennyWhiteSports.com. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you, pal. Thanks, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. KennyWhiteSports.com. So we were in Las Vegas. I like that uh, injury talk there. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, Maybe so we overreact. Uh, Bill Bender and then Cappy. Let's see if he overreacts. Busy final hour of the program. It starts next with Bill Bender. Miller and Condon till noon on 1460 KXNO.